Welcome to episode one of the Stonehenge Podcast. This week, we are going to be talking about all of the real-life reviews of Fortnite Chapter 2, Season 2, and discussing all of those special events. We are also going to be talking about NFT Fortnite, which happened this past Sunday. We're also going to be talking about WWE's which continues a family legacy within WWE. We're going to be talking about the latest person to leave WWE. We're also going to be talking about a Raw debut. So possibly the weirdest Raw debut, you know, it's a... And both of those of you will be spoiler free. I will just be giving my honest review on them. Out of like 10. How I thought the actor worked in the film. How I thought the film was put together well. And it will be a review of the film completely spoiler free. And my two TV show recommendations for you to And I will go later on and go to all the reasons why I was Hello, welcome along to the podcast, welcome. And this week I wanted to start off talking about NXT TakeOver Portland, which happened on Sunday. And I'm not going to go through the entire show. I'm just going to go through some of the bits that I thought were the best points of the show. And bring up some other points that I really enjoyed. Which, when I was trying to think of stuff that I enjoyed about NXT TakeOver Portland, it was very, very hard to pick five things I enjoyed. Because this show was wonderful. NXT TakeOvers are always wonderful. They really, really are. But, I have done so. And then, you know, the first thing I wanted to bring up, and the first thing I thought was very, very good, was the Dakota Kai Tegan Knox street fight. This street fight had it all, and it was quite possibly a very, very, very good match. Literally, this match had a lot of stuff. And what was very, very nice, we got to see. The heel side of Dakota Kai really come out. Because, like, babyface Dakota Kai would never go fetch a chain from underneath the ring or use trash cans. And I really, really love it. I really, really love it. And both superstars, for me, delivered an absolutely incredible match. I had no issues with the match, it was just beautiful. And the ending as well just made sense for Dakota Kai to win because it felt like she needed to because it would just be weird saying, oh look, she turned heel at the last takeover. And now she's going to lose. That just felt weird. So it was very nice that she won. 
The next thing I want to bring up was Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic for the NXT North American title. Now let me tell you, Keith Lee is quite possibly the greatest human on the planet. Like, I look at Keith Lee and I wonder how he does the things he does sometimes. Like, I've seen Keith Lee dive off of the top rope in this match. It was just mental. I can't even fathom how Keith Lee does some of the stuff he does. And Dijakovic is just so beautiful. I just love Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee. And I just can't, like, from watching that match, like, I can't believe my eyes were seeing Keith Lee doing flips off of the top rope, suiciding, diving through the ropes. The breathtaking near falls that happened. This match was absolutely incredible. And the NXT universe made this match even better. They were so behind this match. You could hear the crowd during the match chanting Keith, chanting for Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic. I've only got really one complaint to this match. Is what do you do now with the NXT North American title? Do you continue this feud and have more interesting matches and more exciting matches? Or what do you do from here? Because whatever it is, it will need to be very, very more excited. And this is another thing I want to talk about from this match. Does this logically mean we're getting a triple threat match at WrestleMania or not? Because I'm not sure where this is going. But Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley put out quite possibly the greatest match for the NXT title or the NXT women's title that I've seen in a very, very long time. And that match was so enjoyable, so fun, so many near falls. And Bianca Belair took Rhea Ripley to her limit. Now, obviously, Rhea Ripley was going to retain, there was no doubt about it, but it was so good that you it made you believe that Bianca Belair could do it, and it wasn't just like a case of, oh, well, it's Rhea versus Charlotte at Mania, let's make it a squash match. It was so good the way it was laid out, and it wasn't... I just loved it. I loved it. I really, really did. And then, at the end, Charlotte Flair came out, beats up Rhea Ripley and says... She's picking her for WrestleMania. But the reason I think we may get a triple threat match out of it is, um, well, Bianca Belair's kind of been involved in Charlotte Flair's business. Rhea Ripley's already involved. Bianca Belair's been involved in a little bit. It may become a triple threat match. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But the main event for the NXT title. was absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. I was watching the main event for this and it was just beautiful and amazing and I had no issues or qualms with this. Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa brought everything they had 
and about 77,000% more. It was very, very beautiful. Seriously. It was just so good. The way, it, even the storyline leading up to this match, it was like Tommaso Ciampa was talking about a whole year ago he had to relinquish the title to injury. He never lost it to anybody. And he was going to claim back Goldie. And I loved the story going into this match. It was beautiful. And Adam Cole said the story as well. It was like, well, you relinquished the title, but I won it. And now I've become one of the most dominant NXT champions in the history of NXT. And I loved the storyline going into it. The match told an absolutely incredible story. It was very, very good. And I had no issues with the match at all. It was quite possibly, in my opinion, one of the most brutal, physical and terrific NXT Championship matches in the history of the brand. And it feels weird to say, because we're only in February, but so far, I have found my match of the year candidate. I really, really have. And this match was just so good, so beautiful, so wonderful. And these two, when you put them in a ring together, they just bring everything they've got and more. And what's even better about this is I'm saying this as a potential to be match of the year worthy. This wasn't even a stipulation for a match. This was just a normal one-on-one -on -one match. There was no stipulation to this match. And this match was incredible. Because there are f reasons for that. Like, people say, ooh, you, you need a stipulation of matches to be entertaining. I think Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa went out and proved that you do not need stipulations to make a match entertaining. They went out there and they made a normal match, quite possibly the most entertaining NXT Championship match I've ever seen. Cole... And Champa brought their house down. They really, really did. And the Undisputed Era didn't even get involved. They didn't even get involved in this match. And what was even better is Tommaso Champa kicked out of Adam Cole's finisher twice. One of those he kicked out at one. The first time he hit it, he kicked out at one. And there was one point, Tommaso Ciampa hit a superplex from the top rope onto Adam Cole. Adam Cole no-sold it and got straight back up again. I loved that so much. There was a lot of no-selling in this match. And there even became a point in this match where both men had gone through so much in this match that they couldn't, they were just standing in the ring punching each other, they then both fell and were then just kneeling on the floor slapping each other. It was beautiful. It told one of the greatest stories in all of all time. And the way it ended was even more beautiful. It ended with Johnny Gargano coming out as Tommaso Ciampa was holding the title, literally about to win the match, 
Gargano comes out and steals the title. And whilst the referee is focused on Cole, smashes the title into Tommaso Ciampa's face and walks off. And it was beautiful. It just was absolutely beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. And then Adam Cole hits finish it for the win. But I really, really loved it. And I want to see where this Tommaso Ciampa Gargano rivalry goes from here. Because now we've got Gargano as the heel and looks like Ciampa as the babyface. And I want to see where it goes. Because where else can you... I'm intrigued to see where else you can go with this. Because at this point, although all of their matches were incredible and all their matches were great, I'm just kind of wondering where they go. Because they've already done like normal matches. They've done Falls Count Anywhere. They've done street fights. They've done everything. I don't know what they're going to do now. Just continue to try for me. But it will be undoubtedly wonderful. Because these two bring out the best in each other. And the main and this wasn't even the main event. This was near the start of the show. But Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. And can I just tell you how good it is to have Finn Balor back in NXT. The main roster weren't using him effectively at all. He went from being, in his first month on the main roster, to winning the Universal title that he then had to relinquish to injury to coming back to having this really, 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 really meaningless, pointless feud with Baron Corbin. Which then transitioned into a feud with Bray Wyatt, which was just stupid and pointless. Like, I literally hated that feud. It was with the original Bray Wyatt, but it was pointless and it was silly and it was weird and it was stupid. And it went on for too long. It went on for, I think it was like three pay-per-views, which is too long for any feud to go on. Especially a feud that's boring and dull and tedious. And there was just not a very good amount. Then he got an Intercontinental title and stuff, but he did this really pointless, meaningless feud with Shinsuke really go anywhere like they spent a lot of time setting up feuds for him going oh this could be good and my mind was like that could be good and then it just transitioned out and just to him and Shinsuke and then he did have a match with Shinsuke but it was nowhere near as good as the match he had with Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT or anything like that so you know that was a thing that happened because they had a match prep match in NXT but when he fought Johnny Gargano here, it is so much nicer to see him with his new Prince heel persona. I love it. And any human being that Johnny Gargano steps in a ring with makes an incredible, incredible match. Johnny Gargano can step into the ring with a lamppost and give us a five-star match. That is how good Johnny Gargano is. It really, really is. And both of these superstars in this match carried the brand to new heights and left their blood, sweat and tears in the middle of the ring. They literally did, because this match won everything. Finn Balor... It's a long... Because Finn Balor is the longest reigning NXT champion to date. He's still longest reigning NXT. Nobody has ever overtaken this one. And Johnny Gargano is Johnny Takeover. And two men nearly on equal... In every level, 
And this was a dream match for the ages. Like, I've said for years since Johnny Gargano debuted. Like, my God. Like, even when he was in his DIY days. The, the matches he had, I was like, I want to see Johnny Gargano fight Finn Balor. That's something I want. I want to see this. Like, it was something I wanted to see. And we got it, and I loved it. There was no qualms, no quibbles, no complaints to this match. It was beautiful, it was enjoyable, and it was just very, very beautiful. And I loved it. And the storylining leading into this match has been incredible, especially right from the get-go and the debut, or re-debut of Finn Balor on NXT when, on the first live episode, when he came out and attacked Johnny Gargano and injured him and put him on the shelf, and then Johnny Gargano returning and saying, saying that he put him on the shelf, and he wanted to come back and prove that you don't put Johnny on the shelf. And Johnny Gargano literally stepped it up the gear and went full-on aggressive in his match, and I loved it. You know, obviously, we talked about Sean Hill at the end. But, Finn Balor did win the match with a coup de grace, but what I loved is he he hit the coup de grace twice. The first coup de grace, Johnny Gargano kicked out of. Like, how many people in your history have you seen kick out of the coup de grace? I don't think anyone has to this point. My only physical complaint here. It is another takeover loss for Johnny Gargano. And at some point, you're going to have to give Johnny Gargano a singles takeover win. You really are going to have to give him a singles takeover win at some point. You really, really are. But it was an incredible, incredible NXT takeover. I had no issues with it. I had no qualms with it. I loved it. I really, really did. It was incredible. It was enjoyable, it was incredible, it was fun, and it was beautiful. And we've got two more NXT TakeOvers to come in April. We've got NXT TakeOver Dublin Ireland, or NXT UK TakeOver Dublin Ireland, I should say, and NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay happening WrestleMania weekend, which should be very, very, very good. Especially the NXT UK shows. Because NXT UK takeovers are sleeper shows. Like, you don't get many of them a year. But when you do get them, you're guaranteed to know that it's going to be one of the greatest things you'll ever watch in your life. And so, all I can really say about this is, if you've not watched NXT TakeOver Portland, I recommend that you go on to NXT TakeOver, the NXT TakeOvers section on the WWE Network. And you click on NXT TakeOver Portland and you watch it because you will not have an issue. If you're a wrestling fan and you enjoy wrestling, you will enjoy NXT TakeOver Portland. It was quite possibly the greatest show NXT has put on in quite a while. And it was very, very, very enjoyable and very, very beautiful. The next thing I want to talk about was the Wednesday Night Wars. Purely because ever since October, I've seen quite a lot of people on Twitter going like mad and mental. Being like, 
You like NXT, but I prefer AEW. So that makes you a pleb because you like NXT. Or people are going, what is wrong with you? You like AEW over NXT? You've got serious problems. And I don't think those people do have a serious problem. My personal standpoint, and a few people have asked me this on Twitter quite a lot recently, saying, which side of wrestling are you on? Are you on the AEW side, or are you on the NXT WWE side? And I'm not on any side. Like, I'm literally on no side for wrestling at all, because I don't need to be on a side, because both shows are very good shows, and you know that if you sit down to watch this show for two hours, you will be entertained. You literally will be entertained. And their rosters as well are quite possibly the most incredible rosters of all time. Like, NXT has got the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong. You've got Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, Keith Lee. And then you've got your women's division. One of the greatest women's divisions of all time. Currently headed by Rhea Ripley, who I think is one of, if not the greatest people on earth. I really, really do. Rhea Ripley is so good at what she does. So, so good at what she does. She really, really is. And AEW as well, by the way. They don't sleep around. Like, their roster is very, very good. They've got very healthy people. Like, their main champion is Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. Who offers you a little bit of bubbly. And they've also got people on there like... I was about to call Dean Ambrose then. That's why I stopped to think. But it's not Dean Ambrose, is it? It's John Moxley. That's why I stopped. Because I couldn't think of his actual name. He says. I was about to call him Dean Ambrose. You've got John Moxley. You've got Kenny Omega. You've got the Young Bucks. Ty Dillinger. Or whatever, he's, or whatever he's called these days. I can't remember what he's called these days. But you've got him. He is very, very good. Like, NXT, he had some great matches. But when he went to the main roster in WWE, he didn't have, like, much going for him. And any time he was used, he wasn't used greatly and or effectively. Like, they just didn't use him very well. And any time he did use him, it was like, well, that was pointless. Why did you bother? It was just a bit annoying. And I didn't really approve of that. But it's so nice to see him on a new brand doing incredibly well. Cody Rhodes is absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. Seriously, he is wonderful. Your world tag team champions... As I mentioned, Kenny Omega, Adam Page is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented and such a good wrestler. And MJF as well on that roster is very, very good. And their women's champion, Nyla Rose. I'm not 100% sure whether she's better than Rhea Ripley, but she's still very, very, very good. 
at what she does. And I don't personally think that we need to have people saying, meh, pick a side. Because you don't need to pick a side. You could go and watch NXT live, and then once you've watched NXT, you could go straight after and watch AEW, and you would be guaranteed to have four hours of good quality wrestling entertainment. You don't need to pick sides to have enjoyment. That's all I really want to say about that. Is you don't need to pick a side to have enjoyment. You can have enjoyment from watching both shows because they both have incredibly talented rosters that work hard and they both put on very good shows every single week and their pay-per-view matches are quite possibly some of the greatest matches of all time. They really, really are. So don't pick sides in the manner. Don't start fights over the manner. Just watch both shows. They're both good. They're both enjoyable. And they are incredible. Also, this week, Kathy Kelly announced her departure from the WWE. The WWE backstage interview, Kathy Kelly announced on Twitter on Friday that she will be leaving the WWE. She, of course, joined WWE in 2016 and was the backstage interviewer for NXT. She also did YouTube stuff, for, for example, like the WWE Now stuff that is on YouTube, was fronted and hosted by her a lot of the time. She also interviewed WWE's latest signing, and yeah, and her last day was at NXT TakeOver Portland on Friday, and she put this on Twitter on Friday, it says, if you know me, you know, this is more just to do, you know how much I loved it and how difficult the decision has been. But sometimes, in order to have room for growth, you have to step away. I am so thankful for getting to live out a crazy dream the past four years. Thank you to the WWE digital team for being a platform that never defies creativity. Thank you to Stephanie McMahon for being a mentor and inspiration in every single way. Thank you to Triple H for heading up the best wrestling show currently on TV and letting me be a part of it. And thank you to everyone who's supporting me while I was watching a video I've done or sending a tweet of encouragement where I was going to begin to express how much it means. I'm not sure yet where my next chapter will take me, but I'm damn excited for it and I promise this isn't goodbye, it's just see you later. That was what she put up on Twitter on Friday about her departure and when she did this thing like she does a thing after every NXT takeover when she talks to Triple H about the pay-per-view what went down at the end of that thing where she was talking to Triple H about NXT takeover Portland she literally was just standing there Triple H says no 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 we're not done yet he goes we need to do something and so Triple H literally says to her, Kathy Kelly, there's some people that want to say something to you. Triple H calls out the Undisputed Era. They come out and they say to her, basically, just of what they said, I can't remember the entire conversation, but most of what they said was, Kathy, you are NXT. You define NXT. You make NXT. And you are one of the greatest 
backstage ring announcers currently in WWE. And wherever you go next, whatever you do next, make sure that you enjoy it and go out and kill it. It's like, and also, as a note of side point, the door is still open to you. If you want to come back, we're not going to shut the NXT door on you and make you stay out. If you want to come back, you come back. We're not going to stop you from coming back. The NXT door is always open and you are always, 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 always welcome back here in NXT. Gave us some flowers, thanked her for being there and said, whatever you do next, good luck. We really appreciate you. You're very good at what you do and you're a very nice person. And Kathy Kennedy literally started crying. It was so nice, so good. And it's nice to see that even though Adam Cole's a heel, they still got on very well. And I like that. That's very, very nice indeed. So whatever your future endeavours are, Kathy Kelly, good luck with them, and I hope they go as well as your four-year stint in WWE has gone. Now, before we get into the Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 2 real-life hints about what could be coming in the season, my two TV show recommendations for this week, I wanted to bring them up and explain to you why you should go watch them. First up, Star Trek Picard. Now, going into this, I wasn't a big Star Trek fan. I'm not a big Star Trek fan. I really enjoy the Star Trek realm, so I didn't expect much from this. But, can I just tell you, I may not be a Star Trek fan, but I am in love with Picard. Picard is quite possibly one of the greatest programs I've watched in quite a long time. It is very, very enjoyable, very, very good, and I have no qualms or issues with it. I just love it. I've loved all four episodes so far. It has been enjoyable to watch and very, very nice indeed to be checking out. And I genuinely, every single week a new episode comes out, I keep thinking, oh, I can't wait till next Friday when the next episode comes out. Like, seriously, I just can't. It just... It's so enjoyable and it's so great to watch. Which for someone that doesn't usually like the Star Trek TV shows or the movies, that's nice. So even if you don't like Star Trek, I would genuinely recommend giving this a look at. Because I don't like Star Trek either. But I'm enjoying Picard. Very much enjoying Picard. Like, very, very, very much enjoying Picard. And I don't really enjoy Star Trek. And the other one... A little bit late to the party, but I recommend it because I didn't really watch it when it first came out. I started watching it recently. It came out on the third of January, but I didn't start watching it recently. That is James May, a man in Japan. James May brings so much to the table. He is bringing so much to the table with this program. He is making it fun. He is making it enjoyable, and he is making it quite possibly. The greatest TV show to watch about Japan. Because I've seen TV shows about Japan before and they're just like, This is Japan. Japan knows this. Japan knows that. Bloody dirty leader. <laughs> Nothing really exciting. James May brings fun. James May is bringing entertainment. James May is bringing enjoyment. James May is bringing laughs. Right laughs. I have watched all six episodes of that series. And I have never laughed at anything so much in my entire life more than I've laughed at that. Especially 
Was it episode three or episode four? I can't quite remember which one it was. Was it episode three or episode four with the BIM stuff? I love that. That was beautiful. The whole digital tour guide BIM stuff was quite possibly the greatest stuff I've ever watched. And I was laughing so hard. So, so hard. It was enjoyable. And if you are thinking of going to Japan, or if you just want an enjoyable TV show to watch, then you should definitely check out the Amazon original James May, Our Man in Japan. It is so fun and so enjoyable. And if you are into Star Trek and you really love the Star Trek universe, you should check out Picard. But even if you don't like Star Trek, you're not into Star Trek universe, I do genuinely recommend that you check out Picard and see what you think of it, because I checked out Picard myself. Going into it, I wasn't like, in case of like, oh, I don't like Star Trek, but I'm really enjoying Picard. Really, 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 really enjoying Picard. Picard is wonderful, Picard is beautiful, and it is quite possibly the greatest thing to come out of Star Trek in all of Star Trek's existence. So genuinely, you should be going to check out James Mayama in Japan if you're looking for some sort of entertainment and fun, or even if you're going to Japan, but don't want to watch one of those boring history shows about Japan. Or, you're just looking for something to fill an hour of boredom. You could, I would also recommend you check out Star Trek Picard if you're a Star Trek fan, or even if you're not a Star Trek fan, go check out Picard because I'm not really a Star Trek fan. I'm more on the Star Wars side of this star saga. Well, I'm really, 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 really loving Picard. Like, if I could express to you in words how much I was loving Picard, it would be, well, well above the ceiling I'm recording in. Now, when a new Fortnite season rolls around, we kind of expect cryptic tweets on Twitter from the Fortnite Twitter page and cryptic Instagram posts on Instagram from the Fortnite Instagram page. But not this season, oh no. The crypticness has spread to the real world. Literally spread to the real world, giving you foldable numbers that give you a sentence of dialogue when you phone it. The first one was found in San Francisco. Just in the street, I think. I think this was just in the street. I'm not quite sure. I think it was just in the street of San Francisco. If you phoned the number 213262893, you got the following message. Yes, sir. The agents were called. Card to access the vault purchased. So the agents have been called and someone has bought a card and the vault is the hint we're getting from that one. There was another one, another number, that appeared in Paris. In the main shopping district of Paris. Number plus three three one eight five fourteen nine five zero nine. And if you phoned that number the sentence you were given was Agent Recruitment Drive is a go happy hunting agents and then it stops and about 10 seconds later you get Agents Oil Rig Operation is a go 
So they're telling the agents to enjoy hunting, but also that there is a potential oil rig landfall or oil rig named location coming to the new season, maybe? The Sao Paulo metro station in Brazil got one as well. 23500-8947 Got during ID scanning. Access denied. Agency communication was interrupted. So the agents were interrupted during an ID scanning. Possibly. California and the Venice Beach. If you find the number 213262993, you got hiding places were detected. Chances were found in the Agent E region. The dormant time was over. Japan, if you found your number in Japan, 03685147634763, you got the first message again about the agents being called and a vault car being purchased. Marcel got the same one as Paris. Chicago. Got the same one as California. Barcelona got the same one as Marcel and Paris. Melbourne got the same one as Japan. About the IED scanning. And Poland, well, they got their own one, didn't they? If you find number two, two. 3970395 then you got Aqualite Spot Agent you are mobilizing. Now that could mean anything at this point. That could mean that the agents are mobilized and they're ready to go or they've something's happened to them and they've been immobilized. We don't quite know at this point. But what we do know, what we are aware of, is that Fortnite is clearly going down a gold route for the new season because they have updated their Twitter to have gold and also this gold logo, gold trailer, you know. Banner icon also, a trailer has been floating around YouTube recently about the new trailer for the new season. And that new season trailer was a very glitchy trailer with the static sound and right at the very end of it a gold hand plates itself on the screen so season of gold for fortnite confirmed 
quoi ton sablé? Ben, il vient. Oh, non. When it comes to chapter 2, by the way, I don't know what you're planning for the battle pass, because I don't see any rumored skins or anything, but whatever you do, your skins need to be blown out of the water incredible and crazy, because the skins that we've had recently have been quite possibly some of the greatest skins inside of Fortnite. Like, we got Harley Quinn... Uh, for a review as like part of the Birds of Prey thingy crossover and that was quite nice. We also got the ninja skin which was very 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 nice skin. I really like the ninja skin. Also we got some very very good emotes too. How many emotes we got recently as well? We got the Pokey emote, just the Pokey, very, very nice indeed. I just like that. That's for the Twitch stream of Poke Anime. We got Jordan Fisher's emote in the game, fishing. And something that was not expected. And something that wasn't expected even slightly. We got the Rick Ashley Rick Rolled emote called. Never gonna. expected it but it happened it happened on Saturday the 15th was the day that if you went on to Fortnite and you looked in the item shop and wondered what the never gonna emote was then you officially got Rickrolled which is kind of the Rick Astley meme for like when you didn't want this song but you're giving it that's a nice thing. So that's always good, isn't it? That Fortnite jumped in on a Rick Roll wagon meme. But when it comes to Fortnite and Chapter 2, Season 2, there is also a small hint towards a gold-themed season in the overtime challenges. Because if you complete one of the overtime challenges, you get a new style variation for the 8-ball skin. Which is the golden eight ball skin. Which is like a black and gold eight ball skin thing. So that's currently in the entry for your overtime challenges. Which we're able to unlock via tomorrow. I've already unlocked it. But I haven't used it. <laughs> I literally haven't used that skin. Because ever since it came out. I've only ever used one skin. I put this up to Twitter and said to the. I have not used any other skin since it came out. Because I haven't. 
the Harley Quinn skin is the greatest skin in Fortnite. And the way it reacts to all the emotes is incredible. It is absolutely incredible. It's very good indeed. Very, very good indeed. And with whatever comes tomorrow with Fortnite Chapter 2, I don't know what's coming, but I'm very much excited to check it out, give it a look in and see what could be coming in Chapter 2. I just hope, by the way, I just hope that we get more updates than we got this season, because updates this season were very infrequent. There wasn't very many of them. And also, patch notes, please. Epic Games, give us patch notes. Because literally, when Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 1 dropped, there were no patch notes. So I just found out, by going into the game, that they'd vaulted things. Like, you know, your tactical SMGs, your silenced SMGs, your thingies, what are they called? The mechs have gone, but we kind of expected them to go. The addition of the new map. The slurps being vaulted. Didn't know about that. Right, start the season because no patch notes. Didn't know about chug chugs being vaulted. Didn't know about launch pads being vaulted. So, whatever you do, Epic, give us more updates. And if you're going to give us an update, give us patch notes to go with the update because there's been very frequent amounts of this season. Like, literally, you dropped an entire new chapter on us and gave us no patch notes. Like, that's not nice. So, whatever you do with this season, give us more updates, because there wasn't very many last season. Also, give us patch notes to go with these updates. So, I'm not having to search in-game for what's new and what's been taken out. This week, it was announced on the WWE's Twitter, The Rock's Twitter, the WWE performances Twitter that the daughter of WWE superstar and Hollywood Hall of Famer Dwayne The Rock Johnson's daughter Simone Johnson would be joining the WWE and continuing the Johnston family legacy in WWE. Which at this point has become a real family legacy, isn't it? With Rocky Johnson, The Rock, Simone, I am intrigued to see where they, what they call her and stuff. She hasn't yet joined NXT. She is currently just in the performance and doing her training. And she will debut on NXT when the performance and the staff, William Regal, Triple H, Matt Bloom and all those kind of people think and feel like she is ready to make the jump to being on NXT. But it's going to be a nice thing to see, isn't it? Following in her father's footsteps and maybe because both her granddad and her dad have both been in the company and both very successful, maybe, just maybe, she might be successful. She might even beat Shayna Baszler's record as longest ever NXT Women's Champion. You never know. We'll just have to see where it all goes and how she actually wrestles. Because I don't think I've ever seen her wrestle. I know she's done indie wrestling and stuff, like I know that, but I don't think I've ever seen that. I mean, you check out some of her matches, quite possibly, because I don't think I've seen any of her indie matches before. So I may need to check some of them out. 
and on the subject of Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler made her Raw debut last week in the weirdest way possible, in every possible sense possible. Because I had Raw on, sort of in the background, but I was in the kitchen. So I could hear Becky Lynch's promo in the kitchen. I wasn't specifically looking at it, but I would occasionally just turn around and look at it. Because we've got a big overcrowded kitchen living room area in the house. But I kind of just occasionally look around and see what's going on. But I wasn't necessarily looking at it. I was just listening because I was making hot chocolate and making food and stuff. But literally, I heard Byron Saxon shout the words, Oh my god, it's Shayna Baszler. So I turned around. It's Shayna Baszler walking down to the ring. Da 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 da. Comes down to the ring. Doesn't even say nothing. Literally says nothing. Just comes into the ring and starts biting Becky Lynch in the ear. So hard that she left a hole in Becky Lynch's ear. Like, what was that? Like, that was one of the weirdest debuts I've ever seen. Like, seriously? That's the way you're going to debut somebody? It was effective. Admittedly, it was effective. But it was also quite possibly the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Like, just turning around, looking at your TV whilst you're still in your kitchen, and seeing someone's ear being bitten is quite possibly the weirdest thing to turn around to in all of human existence. And it does, by the look of things, look like it could be leading to Shayna Baszler versus Becky and WrestleMania. But of course, there is a new Entertainment baby before that, and also Fastlane, but Fastlane's just a filler pay-per-view between Elimination Chamber and WrestleMania, isn't it? Fastlane's not important, it's not a priority, it's filler. It's a filler pay-per-view. It's a pay-per-view that fills a slot between now and WrestleMania. But, for the Elimination Chamber, we have a Women's Elimination Chamber match happening. Which will be deciding the number one contender for Becky and Lynch. And who should be the number one contender for Becky is his role in his championship. And who should be facing her at WrestleMania. And one of the people in that match is Shayna Baszler. Is Shayna Baszler. And genuinely, genuinely, genuinely... Shayna is probably going to be winning that match, isn't she? I mean, hey, I could be proven wrong. I can be proven really, really, really wrong. But I don't think I'm going to be proven wrong. I think it's pretty much a given at this point. It really is a given that Shayna Baszler is going to win the match. Because I highly doubt Natalia is going to win the match, isn't she? Why would Natalia win? She? Liv Morgan winning the match? I don't. I don't see it, to be honest. I just don't see that happening, to be honest. Oscar, we've seen that match too many times recently. Becky Lynch versus Oscar, we've seen it too many times recently. Ruby Riot, mm-hmm. I don't see it at this stage in time. I think she's heading on to a feud with Liv Morgan at this point. When this whole Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley, Liv Morgan thing ends. And Sam Logan, 
Yeah, I don't think she'd be a long way off a title shot. I really, really do. Hey, I can prove you up by featuring. I think it is definitely going to be Shayna Baszler going for the title. And the men's anniversary chamber match is also a number one contenders match. Where we're going to have Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan, Shinsuke Nakamura, King Corbin, and Robert Roode facing some of the number one contenders to face Bray Wyatt. The Fiend Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. I've got three people down for this match. Either... Roman, Daniel Bryan, or King Gordon, because it's just flinging a lot of him recently. Not too interested in this, but what I am interested in is the raw side of things as Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. Because Drew won the Royal Rumble, and you do not understand how enjoyable Drew is as a babyface. He's very enjoyable as a babyface. Very, very, very enjoyable as a babyface. I love him. He is so good as a babyface, like seriously. Like the whole stuff he does with the pointing WrestleMania sign. Like he came out on Raw this past Monday and was like, we need to point at the sign because we're talking about WrestleMania. But everybody just points at it. That's no fun, is it? We need to do something new and different. So he goes, let's do the Claymore kick countdown, which I really love. Like when he was a heel, the WWE Universe was doing the Claymore kick countdown when he went to the ring. He didn't. Give a monkey's bottom about doing that. But now he's become babyface, he's right embraced it in him. He was standing in the corner and go, one, one, two, three. But literally, last night, well, not last night, it's last night for me when I'm recording this, but when this goes up, it'll be up on Wednesday, so it was like two nights ago. On Monday Night Raw, he literally says, so let's do the Claymore kick that countdown, and then every one of us in this arena, it's going to point to WrestleMania sign, so it's like, one, two, three, and the entirety of the WWE Universe and Drew McIntyre all pointing to WrestleMania sign. I really like that. That was very cool. And also, I want Drew to beat Brock. Not just because Drew's Scottish, but Scottish, but because Drew, he's a, so deserves it. He has worked hard for years and years and years, and his original run in WWE didn't come to anything. And ever since he called up the main roster, the only thing he's done of note is become tag team champions with Dolph Ziggler. He did a weird, pointless thing where those two were just flung together. And then Dolph Ziggler moved on to SmackDown and just started... Lord only knows what he was doing. He was doing everybody's gimmick. He was doing Bailey's gimmick, Triple H's gimmick, DX gimmick, Shawn Michaels' gimmick, John Cena's gimmick. Yeah, I don't know what any of that was, to be honest. All of that was just weird. All of that was just strange. None of that made any sense. It really didn't. But yeah, that was a thing. So I really want him to win the Universal title at WrestleMania from Brooke. Universal title? What am I talking about? WWE Championship from Brock, I mean, yeah. And also... I kind of want Shayna Baszler to be back in the general. I think that would be very, very cool indeed. I did kind of go a bit off tangent here with the main topic, but Simone Johnson being in WWE, I think it's a very, very, very good thing. And I cannot wait to see 
what she does when she joins NXT and whether she'll be as successful as her dad and her granddad. We'll just have to wait. We will just have to wait and see how successful she will be. And Shayna Baszler being on the main roster, I think it's a good thing because what else could Shayna Baszler have done on NXT? She kind of fought on everybody in some decent form. Yes, she's not fought heel Dakota Kai. No, she fought babyface Dakota Kai. And really, she can't fight heel Dakota Kai anyway because she's not Shayna Baszler here anyway. Well, she kind of fought everybody. There wasn't much else she could have done. She lost the NXT Women's title to Rhea Ripley. Like, what else could she do at this point? I think it was the best time to debut her. Her debut, it kind of weirded me out a little bit, especially just turning around and seeing Shayna Baszler just going, <laughs> biting the ear of Becky Lynch off. It weirded me out. But hey, it was effective. It sent a message. Didn't it? It's not a message of you don't mess with Shayna Baszler. You mess with Shayna Baszler, your ears get bitten off in a big, big, big way, which I very much liked, and I thought that was a very enjoyable, very effective debut. Now, just before we get on to the reviews of Birds of Prey and the fantabulous Harley Quinn and the side hedgehog movie. Fortnite just tweeted out their final teaser for the new season, which I want to quickly talk about. It is a golden cat. No idea what the cat has to do with anything. The gold theme is kind of tying into the whole gold theme of all the reveals that's been happening. The cat, I've got no idea. But they literally just revealed it about 30 seconds ago of time of me recording this. I've got no idea what a cat means. I don't know what the cat's going to do with anything, but they revealed a golden cat. So, you know, thanks Fortnite. But now, on to the Birds of Prey review. And honestly, I would probably want to give this film a 6.7 out of 10, because I felt like it was good, and it was enjoyable, but there are much better films out there than Birds of Prey. Like, it was good, and it told a nice story. I just didn't enjoy it very much. I wanted to enjoy it more, because I really, 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 really like Harley Quinn in the Batman universe. But I just couldn't get on with it. It just didn't realistically gel with me as a human. But I will say, Margot Robbie... She makes a great Harley Quinn, don't she? Whoa. She makes a great Harley Quinn. She's very good in it. And I do want to see her do more Harley Quinn in the future. I think she's very, very, very good at Harley Quinn. She's very good in it. Her acting is very good. All of the actors in this film actually do a pretty good job of acting. I'm just not necessarily enjoying the film as much as I thought I might have done. I feel like the acting... It's very good. They're very good acting in the film. To me, it's just a bit on the not enjoyable side. From a story point of view, to be honest. It's decent enough, just not great. If I was recommending any side film from the Batman universe, it would probably have to be the Joker film. Because I much prefer the Joker film over the Harley Quinn film. 
I really do have to say that I much prefer the Joker film over that. And it's kind of a thing that I didn't think, but I saw the trailers and I thought, oh, the Harley Quinn film actually looks pretty good. Might check it out. Might give it a look into. Might watch it. I did. And it just didn't live up to what the trailers were offering me. Like, the trailers look very, very good. But what was given to me, I don't think it was that good. It was enjoyable to watch. Like, it wasn't like... I was sitting here thinking... When I went to the cinema, I was sitting there thinking, I'm bored now. Like, Solo and Rogue One. I sat through, didn't even finish them. I got like a part of the way through it all, but I'm bored now. At least with this film, I got through it, and I wasn't just saying that it was bored, and I was bored. I just don't think it was the greatest film, and I don't think that it's going to win any Oscars, or best film, or anything like that. It's just a film that is good enough that if you're bored, you could maybe watch it and get through it. But it's not going to be anybody's best film of the year, I don't think, because it's not perfect, it's not amazing, it's not wonderful. But hey, it's good enough that it does its job, isn't it? The Sonic the Hedgehog movie, on the other hand, I think was very, very, very good. It was very good. The only thing dragging this film down in any way, shape or form was Jim Carrey's acting. Because I've never liked Jim Carrey as an actor. I think Jim Carrey's acting style is stale. Literally, Jim Carrey's acting style is about as stale as stale bread. It's about as stale as stale bread gets. I just don't like his acting style. And I don't think he'd bring a lot of personality towards Dr. Eggman, to be honest. He just wasn't bringing a lot of personality towards Dr. Eggman. He was bringing Jim Carrey to the role. And you can't bring Jim Carrey to the role of Dr. Eggman. You've got to bring that Eggman personality to the role. And I just don't think he was doing it, to be honest. He was bringing himself to the role. And Jim Carrey... It's going to be as much personality slop anyway, so I just don't think it was very good. But Jim Carrey's sloth-like acting aside, it was a very, very good film that I would genuinely recommend you go and watch. And I probably, I would give this film a 9 out of 10 or a 9.5 out of 10. But Jim Carrey's stale sloth acting, for me, kind of drops the rating down a little bit an 8.7 out of 10 it's still not a very bad review I still very much enjoy the film I just think you could have done a lot better than Jim Carrey for the role of Dr. Eggman because Jim Carrey has stale, stale acting and also the other complaint I got towards Jim Carrey I don't know if this was a writer's idea or Jim Carrey's idea but Jim Carrey is supposed to be playing Dr. Eggman but he's dressed up as Dr. Robert I don't know why it makes no sense, but it's still a very, very good film, I highly recommend, and I think it was very, very good, and it's quite possibly one of the greatest video game film adaptations in quite a very large amount of recent time. I think it really, really is. 
what's got that down here? I just think the only thing letting this thing feel down in any way is Jim Carrey's stale, stale acting that he has bringing to the role of Dr. Eggman. But apart from Jim Carrey's stale acting, very good film. There's a nice amount of comedy in there. It's enjoyable. It's fun. And it's a very, very good video game movie film. And it's so, so, so much better now that they've changed Sonic the Hedgehog from that creepy, creepy, creepy thing that was revealed in the first trailer. It didn't even look like Sonic the Hedgehog. It looked like something if you went to sleep and you saw that in your dreams, you would get stabbed to your death. At least the second one, it looks kind of cute and like Sonic the Hedgehog. So that's an improvement. Please read this improvement. And if you're going to make a sequel to that film, which, hey, it was successful enough, why not do so? The only thing I recommend is don't use Jim Gary for the role of Dr. Eggman. His acting is stale. His acting is very, very much stale. Like, I admit there might be some people that like Jim Carrey. I think he's a great actor. My personal opinion, however, he's just got a stale acting personality. You might enjoy him. You might enjoy him in the role of Eggman. And that's fine. That's your opinion. My opinion is his acting is about as stale as a sloth. It just is. That's my opinion. I'm allowed to have it. And I've got it. And so, out of both of these films, if I said to you to go watch one or the other, what I'd probably say, you know, I'd probably say that if you're going to go to the cinema and see anyone and spend money on anyone, I'd say go to the Sonic Hedgehog movie, because it's a lot better than Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is good, I just don't think it's justifiable of the money you'd spend to go see it, like 20, 20 pounds or something for one ticket. Is that really justifiable for the money you'd spend going to the cinema to see it? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. Sonic Hedgehog movie is. I just don't think Birds of Prey is worth the price of a cinema ticket, to be honest. It was enjoyable. I'm just not sure it was enjoyable enough to justify the money you'd spend to go and see. But I should point out, when I would do movie reviews on this podcast... They're all going to be my opinions. Without spoilers. Like, for example, you might give, you might be listening to this and thinking, there, six, there, a six, a Birds of Prey. I give Birds of Prey 9.9, and I give the Sonic the Hedgehog movie a 2.2 or 8.7. These are just my opinions. My opinions are that the Birds of Prey movie is good just not as good as some other films already exist and also not as good as the Sonic the Hedgehog movie it's good but I don't know if it's justifiable the money Sonic the Hedgehog movie definitely definitely is it really really is even though Jim Carrey's acting is stale but because the rest of the actors are so good in this film they kind of overshadow the stale acting of Jim Carrey just a little bit just a little bit so that is a very nice thing and the guy doing the voice of Sonic, I genuinely want to see him in more Sonic games. Like, Sega, please employ this man to do the voice of Sonic, because he's very, very good at it. And it literally sounds like he's been doing Sonic for years at this point. He hasn't, but it sounds like he has. Like, please, please, Sega, 
give me this man as the voice of Sonic in future Sonic games. Like, I want that. I also, by the way, Sega, I want a remaster of Sonic Heroes. Or Sonic Heroes 2. Just point it out there, if you're uh, listening, just point it out there, Sonic Heroes, give me a view of that please, give me a remaster of that please, or Sonic Heroes 2, or give me them both, thank you, thanks very much for that Sega, that would be really appreciated of me, appreciated of me if you could just do that for me, because Sonic Heroes is still quite possibly my favourite Sonic game of all time that I want remastered, and on the subject of remasters that I want, Simpsons Hit and Run. I need that remastered and in my life, right as of now. I would also really like Portal 3 in my life too. Valve, give me Portal 3. Thank you. Thank you, Valve. That's all I want. Portal 3. I need Portal 3 in my life, Valve. So give me Portal 3. And that is going to do it for this week's podcast. Next week, we're going to be talking about Batman Chapter 2, Season 2. We're going to be talking about the new Batman. We're going to ask the question, are any of you students Batman, Leonardo Quinn? We're going to ask, are any of you